Amen. So we're ready to get started. We're talking about the secret to turning captivity part two. Mm -hmm. um, I talked about this last week when you were on vacation in sunny Miami. In Miami. Like, Beautiful yes, Miami. When you were on vacation <laughs> and I was here working. Um, amen. But I'm so amen. glad. I'm so I, glad you showed up today. I heard, I heard the message. No, so it was great. Thanks for showing up. It was wonderful listening <laughs> to you in Miami. <laughs> All right. So we're going to pray and we're going to get started. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much yes. thanksgiving. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. You are so kind to us. Mm -hmm. And so we thank you for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have right standing with you. And Lord, you told us that anytime that we could see here and understand that we should be converted and we would be healed. And so we put a demand on that word today. And we declare that our eyes are flooded with light, that the scales fall off our mm -hmm. eyes, that we walk in truth. And we declare that we are people that when we hear the word, we quickly obey. We are not stubborn. We are not rebellious. We do not fight against what you are doing in our lives. And Father, I'm asking for something this morning that maybe um, many believers haven't woken up to. Help us to understand how much um, our actions impact others mm. and that it's not mm. just about us. And so we thank you for what you're doing today. We again lift up Rod. We declare that he is healed in the name, in the of, name Jesus. of Jesus. We declare a divine reversal. Yes. We declare for signs, wonders, and miracles that you make him a living wonder and a testimony and we pray for his family we lift up tanya and the girls this morning and we just declare strength to them and we declare supernatural healing yes, in jesus name jesus. Amen. Amen. amen amen so you know if you know anything about me you know that i talk a lot about obedience if you know i believe that everybody in the body of christ they have an assignment that really is their undergirding assignment that God always brings them back to. And from the very beginning of my ministry, it has been this message of obedience. Mm -hmm. One of our favorite scriptures that we raised our kids on is that if you are willing, willing and, and obedient, obedient, you will eat the good of the yes. land. Now, I really want to talk about this. And I know that, you know, some of you, you may have gotten to the point that when you feel like I'm talking about obedience, that you're like, oh, that's just Pastor Sean. Oh, Pastor Sean, she's just fussing at us. But I really want you to understand that obedience is really the only thing you have to give God. Yes. And so, so many times when I say that, people will say, well, we can give God worship. But if I'm not being obedient, he doesn't receive my worship. Yeah. So, for example, if God tells me to sow a seed and I go on a fast, even though fasting is a religious principle, it is not something that God receives. Right. And so I want you to understand that if you want to live a victorious life, if you want to know how to turn captivity in every season, you need to understand that obedience is both warfare and worship. Mm hmm. It's so it's warfare and it's worship. Right. And I believe that one of the things that God has put on my life in order to bring some truth, the Bible says we have fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints to grow us up in this area is that I believe, particularly in America, that we have a very selfish view of salvation, mm. that salvation is about us. So a lot of times we're saying, come to Jesus. He wants to change your life. And that's true. That's 100 yeah, percent true. Is. But what happens is we don't begin to understand how our obedience impacts other people. Mm -hmm. And now we can be we can get really thankful 
for how someone else's obedience changed our lives. We will forever be thankful to the Brazeltons for saying yes to God Absolutely. because them saying yes to God changed Absolutely. our lives, Absolutely. right? And there are people who feel the same way about us, Absolutely. but there are the same people who are like, we're so thankful that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are obeying God. There are people who sent us messages and said, you've changed our life in a pandemic because you obey God. What I want you to understand and co to connect is that your obedience is also changing lives mm -hmm. and your disobedience is hindering lives. And it has nothing to do. It has zero to do with whether you are actually in the fivefold ministry. Or yes. Everybody is required to obey God everybody. at the same level. Everybody. You know, when you were talking about, you know, if people say, well, I can give God worship. Well, as parents, we understand if you ask your child to take out the trash, and instead your trash, instead your child goes and dusts the living room. Come on. You may be appreciative of them dusting the living room, but what you ask them to do is still undone. Yes. Well, that works the same way in the kingdom of God. When God asks us to do something, he says, hey, I need you to live a life that's pleasing to me. And instead of you living a life that's pleasing to him, you live reckless, but then you give a homeless man some money. Well, it's great that you gave the homeless person some money, but what God asked you to do is still undone. It's still and, undone. And what I hear you saying is that what we got to do regardless to our position and calling in the kingdom is that obedience is one of those universal callings um, I love that. Say that again. The, the, the obedience is a universal call. Come on, put that in the comments. Say universe, uh, obedience is a universal call. And, and it doesn't matter what, what, what else you've been called to. Obedience is the thing, as you use the word, it undergirds us. It undergirds us. And so, I, you know, I want to I want to revisit a couple of things before we get into the teaching today. Right. Um, I'm I'm one of these people. You know, one, one of the gifts on my life is that I see. Um, the gold in people. I see people's potential, right? Sometimes you think probably almost to a fault that I see the potential in people, right? So when the Lord begins to deal with me about warnings that come for the body of, to, are coming to the body of Christ, I always try to be very, very sure that that is not something just because I'm aggravated about something or something that I'm seeing in the natural, but that really, this is what God is saying. Well, if you look at the prophetic word that you gave us, right? Many people may not understand this, but that was a word to stay obedient. It was. It was a word to stay obedient. The undergirding of everything you that you released in that prophecy is the importance of being obedient. Which is why right? it says, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stay, stay obedient. It's about being. What got you through the previous year would get you through this year. And it's not about your wisdom, intellect, or status. It's about your obedience. And so it's so important because there are many people who you this morning because you keep confusing the love of God with the ability to walk in authority and victory. Mm -hmm. Yes, God loves you. God loves everybody. Yeah. The Bible says that when we were yet sinners, that he gave Jesus for us. He loves he loved, all of us. Loved. He loved Hitler. He, he, loved, sure. he, he loves everybody. Love is not is what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about that if you intend to live a life of victory and we are champions. So it is our belief. The Bible tells us in first Corinthians 15, it says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. That if we are to live lives as champions, our obedience must become non-negotiable. If we are going to live as champions, our obedience must become 
non-negotiable. In other words, it's not an option. It's not an option. Obedience is not an option. It's not an option. And you and I were talking this morning as we were getting dressed and we were talking about something, I believe it's in Hebrews, where it says, when many of you, it's time for you to grow up. And that's a word that makes you uncomfortable that someone is telling you to grow up. Because it feels like a word of chastisement, but it really is a word of encouragement. It really is a word of encouragement. Um, But you need to grow up because many of you at this point the Bible says you should be teachers, but you have need to be instruct, instructed. And so there are some of you, and, and I'm going to keep issuing this call until God releases me from it, that yes, you love God. And yes, you are a born again believer, but you really live life recklessly. You really you you, you really are still living a double life. When, when If we get you on the phone with your friends, you don't give them the word of the Lord. You give them your opinion. When you're by yourself, when you wit what you consider to be your crew, your tribe, your whatever, you don't live the same way that you would live if you were sitting in church. But in reality, God can see you everywhere. And the other thing you really need to understand is that your disobedience gives the enemy access to your life. Now, in 2 Corinthians 10, it tells us that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And one of the things that's really began to illuminate to me in that scripture is that in the end of it, in verse six, it says that we have the ability to revenge disobedience when our own obedience is complete. So understand and see it like this. Poverty, that is disobedience, not the person in poverty. The spirit of poverty is disobedient to the spirit of abundance, which came from God. The spirit of sickness, it is disobedient to the spirit of healing, which comes from God. But this scripture tells us that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and tells us that we have the ability to exact revenge on disobedience when our own obedience is complete. That is not a word about being perfect, perfect in action. That is a word about being perfect in heart, that my heart is always to obey God. I may miss it. I may blow it, but I am never comfortable with living a life where because I think that Jesus loves me, that my obedience is optional. I'm no longer comfortable living in a life where I say I'm just human. When the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. I am no longer comfortable with sin having dominion over me. I am no longer comfortable with sin having dominion over me when I have been translated out of and into. And so one of the things that the Lord gave me is that he was talking to me about three weeks now about people that he has been consistently calling home. He has been consistently talking to you about your position of disobedience. And literally some of you to share what someone said to me the other day, you have turned down the dial of the Holy Spirit. You literally are not spending time in worship. You're not spending time in prayer because you don't want God to talk to you about your disobedience. And I am telling you that you need to understand that the mercy of God does not long term forever keep you from consequences. And there are many of you that you need to grow up 
and you need to give your life to the Lord Jesus, not just as a savior, but give him lordship over you, which is permission to instruct you. I wanted to lay that out because then that takes us into the secret of turning captivity, right? And we don't despise repetitive teaching, but it literally should be our heart that we want to please God. Mm -hmm. And if your heart is not to please God, it is because you live from a carnal perspective because anybody that you love, you want to please. So. Well, and you know, and it's it's interesting you think about it. We get into the teaching here, but uh, the truth of the matter is, is that anytime you find someone who has been good to you, unless you are internally a user, you want to be good to them. And so, when people say that God is good to them, but then they do all of these things not to obey God, it's, it, it really makes you think about their about their character. And I think people have to take that opportunity to become self aware and to understand, you know, do I do I really love God or do I love what God does for me? Oh, and I think that's oh. the difference. Do and I love God or do I love that, what, what God does for about. me? Do I love God or do I love what God does for me? And those are really two different things. They're and you can love things. and you can have them both. I, I love God and I love what He does to me. But which one has preeminence in your life because based on that, it's how your character and behavior and actions will flow out of you. Because many of you, you are called to things, and I don't mean fivefold ministry, but I mean you are called to be a light. Can you be dependent to be a light, or do you say what you want to say? Your mouth, and, and this this thing I keep hearing is that many of you, your mouth is reckless, reckless. And here's the danger with having a reckless mouth. The Bible says that we have the power of life and death in our tongue, but God in his mercy, he does not give us everything we say. And Thank I'm God. so glad about that. I'm so glad about that. But when you practice having a reckless mouth seven days a week, you cannot believe you're going to come into prayer and decree and declare and that heaven is going to release for you because because of God's mercy towards you, he doesn't let you get everything that you say. Absolutely. So when you're using your words. And so I was saying to um saying, saying to um, um, someone this week that to me, obedience is so important because I don't have the luxury in my life because I don't just live my life for me. I, I don't, when, when I say, when I call for healing to come, when I call for supernatural intervention, I don't need there to be a buffer between what I'm saying and what heaven is able to do for me. So I practice living my life, which means I've learned to put a guard on my mouth. It is not that there are not things I don't want to say. It's not that there are not times that I don't want to go off. It is that I understand that if God cannot trust me with my words, then heaven is not obligated to respond to my words. So when I'm praying for someone, I need heaven to hear me and to respond to me. I don't need to be treated. This is what the vision that I see right now. You know, when someone, um, can't skate when you take a little kid to skate right mm -hmm. they they give you these things that are buffers mm -hmm. right and the buffers they control how you um how this kid skates because it's designed to keep them from falling down mm -hmm. many of you because of your immaturity you have buffers around your authority because your mouth is so reckless that if god honored your words you would destroy yourself and other people with your words mm -hmm. so when we're talking about turning captivity part of this turning of captivity is understanding that we are called to live differently and, and, and the reality of it is the, the secret is not a secret 
The secret, the, the the secret. to turning captivity is obedience. Is obedience. I mean, we look at the children of Israel and the Bible tells us that every time they disobey God, they found themselves in bondage. But God was so good that when they cried out to him, what did he do? He rescued them out of bondage. It says that then they then turned around after they got out of bondage and they disobeyed God again and found themselves what? Back into bondage. But when they came to themselves and they called out to God, what did he do? He rescued them. Yes. And all we're saying is that you shouldn't have to live a, a cycle. We should be able to look at those in the Old Testament and, and, and understand, okay, there's a way to live. And the way that you don't want to live is by, oh, is by disobeying God and then being in bondage, having to ask him to rescue you every time. You can just live the rescued life. Oh, no, that's so good. Obedience allows you to live the rescued, the rescued life. life. You can just live the rescued life. And here's the other reason, and then we'll get into our scriptures for today. Here's the other reason that disobedience is so important. You taught us this years ago, I think, when we were still in the cafeteria, is that disobedience impacts your confidence, too. Mm -hmm. When you know that you have been practicing mm -hmm. disobedience, then, and, and here's the problem with being a believer who can hear God, that number one, there is conviction. When you do something wrong, you should hear the Holy Spirit tell you you are out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me that you cannot hear the Holy Spirit tell you that you are out of bounds, I am going to invite you to give your life back to the Lord because everybody should be able to hear the Holy Spirit. If you are born again believer, if you talk too much, if you do something you're not supposed to do, you should be able to hear the Lord say to you, whoa, you are out of bounds. The Holy Spirit don't just say, oh, Sean, you blessed and highly favored. You about to walk into your new season. Sometimes he says, shut your mouth. Yep. Sometimes he says, go on a fast. Sometimes he says, get off Facebook and get in your Bible. And if you cannot hear the correction of the Lord, then you need to say, you need to ask God, am I even saved? Because you should be able to hear the correction of the Lord. Yep. Now, the correction of the Lord, it is conviction. And if you want to please somebody, conviction doesn't feel good. Edwin is not the boss of me. That's Let me just say I'm this. Not. But I do not like to disappoint you. And when you talk to me in that old strong principle voice, I can't stand it. And when you call my name, I, I you know, I, I, when you call my <laughs> government name, there is a tinge that goes through me because fundamentally, I don't want to disappoint you. So conviction does have a feeling. Now, the problem is, is that when you start practicing disobedience, you got conviction of the Holy Ghost and then you have condemnation from your own soul because your soul. So you got the Holy Spirit telling you, Sean, turn around. Then you got your soul saying, you know, you better than this. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't be living like this. And then because the enemy is a terrorist, he comes along and he says, Oh, Etoy, I thought you were serious about the Lord. Oh, Courtney, I thought you was more mature than that. After oh, he, April. After he's enticed you after to do he the has, very thing yes. that you've done, which is why he's a terrorist. He is a terrorist, right? So one of the ways to cut off two of those voices yeah. is to listen to the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. If you listen to the Holy Ghost, then you can cut off your own self-condemnation and the condemnation of the enemy by bringing yourself into obedience. Absolutely. So again, like you say, the secret is not a secret. Right. We're going to start with Deuteronomy 7, and, uh, 7, 7 through 9. That was really just our warm up because Pastor Edwin and I have been praying, even when we're walking, we're praying that many of you would turn your hearts to the Lord and that you would become an obedient people. Well, because we realize that for many people, 
you know, and this is this is not a flex, but for many people who've been involved with this ministry for any period of time, they have a lot of words. You have a lot of words. And it's not it's not a flex to say other people don't. I'm simply saying that because of the way our ministry is structured, you have even through almost through osmosis, if you've been here, you've gained a lot of word. But having a lot of word doesn't produce anything if you don't if you if you don't ground that through obedience. So we know that the enemy's job is to entice the people of this ministry and, and partners who are partners with us around the world to be disobedient because he can't stop them but he can entice them to stop themselves. And what we're praying against is people falling into that trap. Absolutely. And, you know, I talked to you about that this week was probably one of the heaviest weeks that I have had because it's one of the heaviest weeks that I have had because there were so many people battling with their mind. So I went to the Lord, went to my spiritual mother. Why are so many people battling with their mind? And the Lord said to me that a lot of this, this, mental pressure that Mm -hmm. people feel, it is not mental illness. Mm -hmm. It is torment that you open the door to through your disobedience. So it is your own condemnation that is wearing you out. Now hear me, I want to be clear because everybody knows I have a master's in psychology. I'm not saying that there is not mental illness. I am not saying that some people do not have mental illness. I am saying that for a large portion of the people right now. There are many of you that the pressure, anxiety, stress, torment, heaviness holding you down when you're asleep, interrupting you when you sleep. It is because of your disobedience. And I want to encourage and your soul is always with you. Your soul is always come on. working on you and your soul. The truth of the matter is our soul wants us to be better. So our soul keeps talking to us and saying, you know, you should do it. You know, you need to make a change. So you can't even rest. And it's like, it's just pressure, 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 pressure. And, the, and really the way you relieve the pressure is through obedience. It's almost like a pressure cooker, right? Things just pile up and pile up and pile up. But sometimes you have to release the, you have to release the vow. Oh, release that vow of obedience over your life and watch some of that pressure dissipate. And again, like you said, we're not saying that people don't suffer through true mental illness or that people don't have those things. But some of you, some of you, hear me, some of you who are just now experiencing your, these mental episodes, it's because you're not you're not being obedient to the things that God's called you to. You're not doing what you know you should be doing. And many of you, you've been delivered from things. And this is one of the things Kristen Valley really taught me. That whatever it takes to get delivered yeah. is what it takes to stay delivered. And many of you, like the children of Israel, you were in valleys. You were in these death places of death and the Lord delivered you. And for a while, you were faithful to the way that he told you to live. But over the years, you have backslid. Over the years, you have gotten comfortable doing your own thing. And now you're back in places that you never thought you would be in. And the other thing, you know, I do this a lot on strategies for success. We don't do this. Uh, so much here. But many of you, part of your problem is that you think you know what is wrong with other people, but you don't allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you about you. And so you got a lot of feedback about other people, but you don't have a lot of humility before the Lord regarding you. So you know how other people offended you and how other people did wrong. I literally walked a lady through the other week who was being tormented in her mind. And when she, she, she literally said to me that when she forgave her mother, she 
felt the weight break off of her mind. She said literally she was having confusion that she couldn't even go to the store and remember what she went to the store for. But I walked her through this thing about forgiveness. She re releases it. She makes a choice to come into agreement with God. And then she has clarity in her mind. And really, there are a lot of you because you've been in church a long time and you got a lot of word. You, you, you think because you know a lot of words, you do a lot of word. But the truth of it is, is that your life is actually real raggedy and your life is and your mouth is real, real reckless. And the Lord is saying to you that you need to come out of that place because that's just not a good place. It's not the way you live the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. Now, should we go to Deuteronomy? Sure, Let's go to Deuteronomy 7, <laughs> 7 to 9. This is important for us to understand. The Lord did not set his love upon you. Are you laughing at me? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> the Lord is not, did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath he had sworn to mm -hmm. your fathers, had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is faithful. He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant mm -hmm. and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Love him in what? Keep, keep his, his commandments. commandments. And I think it's very important that we understand this. If you watch this thread throughout the Bible, he consistently says to us, Old Testament and New Testament, that he is not just looking for people who say they love him. He is looking for people who love him and keep his commandments. Jesus said it like this. If you love me, yes. keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. You demonstrate your love to me without with, by keeping my commandments, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Now, Psalms 126, we've been using this scripture. We've been standing on this scripture all year. This is our scripture of release. It says, when the Lord turned again, notice again, that means that it have, they have been in, mm -hmm. again. That's what we're talking about. Again. Yeah. Yeah. When the because Lord, captivity comes when you're disobedient. It is a byproduct of disobedience. Captivity, bondage, subjugation, all of those are byproducts of disobedience. They are byproducts of disobedience because the enemy cannot keep an obedient man in bondage. I thought you were going to say Omega now. <laughs> no, no, I'm not about to say oh, Omega. Okay. Go ahead, go he ahead. cannot keep your obedience literally becomes your warfare and your worship. Mm -hmm. It will cause the chains to be broken from your life. And I want you to hear me. Willpower and obedience, they not the same thing. Right. Obedience is when you have surrendered. The Paul said it like this. I made myself a bond servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And many of you think the Lord Jesus Christ is a bond servant to you. Mm. You think he's supposed to do what you want him to do. But the Bible says that we make ourselves because you, whoever you obey, that's who yep. you, you yep. a slave to. So anyway, in Psalms 126, it says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, and they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. 
He that goeth forth weep and weepeth, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And I told you guys this last week, but I want to revisit it. That when I was studying this scripture, what I found out is that this psalm was the seventh of 15 songs that were sung by the pilgrims when they returned to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. They had to return to Jerusalem because they had been taken from Jerusalem yep, in captivity, in captivity yep. right? Theologians are not clear about which return that these songs were created, but it is clear based on the psalm itself that the children of Israel were happy to be out of bondage. Mm -hmm. It was also clear that the children of Israel made a lifestyle of having to be rescued because they would not close the door to their disobedience. Right. Turn and tell your neighbor, do not make a lifestyle out of having to be rescued. Do not. Do make not. a lifestyle out of having to be rescued. Out of having to be rescued. Do not make a lifestyle out of a out of having to be rescued. Live the rescued life. Live the rescued life. The thing is, that scripture in Deuteronomy tells us the children of Israel, they were never designed for bondage. And as a born again believer, you are not designed for bondage. You're a people. You're not designed for bondage, but your choice keeps taking you into bondage, which is why the Lord said in Deuteronomy, choose ye this day, which is why Joshua said to the people, choose ye this day, which is why Elijah said to the people, choose ye this day, which is why Ellen and Sean are saying to the people today, choose yep. ye this day. Elijah says it like this. If God be God, mm -hmm. then serve him. Yep. And if Baal, Baal, then serve him. And one of the things that I think is so important is that it has been the tendency of humanity from the beginning, not just to eat, not to get rid of God, but to have multi-gods. Mm -hmm. Whenever the children of Israel got into trouble, it would not be because they were just trying to replace God. Right. It is that they wanted God to share his throne with Baal or Asherah. Now, many of us, we're incredibly offended by that. We're like, I don't serve no other God but you, which is why the Bible says the God of your stomach. When you can't control your eating, it's because your stomach has become your God. So it is not that many of us are out here consciously saying, I don't want to serve God. We would be offended if someone told us, um, if someone said to us that we didn't love Jesus, that we did not accept Jesus as our personal savior. But in reality, we are trying to keep our own wants and desires on the throne in equality with him. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. When we live like that, we are going to live in bondage, right? Absolutely. So let's define deliverance, right? Because God wants you to be delivered, right? Mm -hmm. Delivered is to be released from bondage or imprisonment. The second thing is to be is the forgiveness or the pardon of sins, letting them go as they had never been committed. It is the remission of a penalty. And I believe that because God is so gracious to us and so many times his mercy allows us to escape the penalty from our sins so that we don't get the penalty of them. It's the reason that many of us forget and go back to the vomit that God delivered us from. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And the fact of the matter is Jesus died so that we didn't have to live in the vomit, so to speak. Yes. So to be taken from it, to be redeemed out of it, to be brought into light and from darkness, to only return to it, um, is almost like a slap in the face for what Jesus did on the cross. It is a slap in um, the face. If you look at the scripture in Luke 4, 16 to 19, it actually says, and he came to Nazareth, talking about Jesus. It says where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And when it said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to who? The captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And literally what Jesus was saying is that now is the time. Of course, we understand that there was a deeper meaning to that with Jubilee and all of those things. But literally what he was saying was that it is time for you to live in perpetual freedom. In perpetual freedom, he said. Now is not. Now is the time. You know where where I, where I, I am. I am. I am here. This word has been uh, manifest. This prophecy is alive. I am this person they're talking about. I have been sent to do these things. I've been sent so that I can preach the gospel to the poor, so that I can heal the brokenhearted, so I can preach deliverance to everyone who is held captive by the enemy. He says, "The recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord." You know? He said, it is time for you to live in freedom. It's time for it you to live in freedom. It is time for all of our partners to live in freedom. To live in freedom. And the secret to turning that captivity to doing that is to live in a life of obedience. It's to live in a life of obedience. Amen. You're going to insert that? Go ahead. <laughs> so, so if we take that scripture right there and we insert the definition that we just used, it really sounds like this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance, mm. the release of bondage or imprisonment, the forgiveness or the pardon of sins, letting them go if they had never been committed and granting remission of all penalties to the captives and the recovering of the sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Mm. In other words, God wants me free. Yes. Free, free. Free, free. Not just free. Delivered but and free. free, free. Delivered, Delivered and, free. and free. And that should be the perpetual way yes. that I live. Mm. We should be known by our freedom. Mm. Now, I want to say this. Any, the, when, you know, I talk a lot about how just because we use a word doesn't mean we mean the same thing. Right, right. If, if if I'm talking to a Muslim and we say faith, we don't mean the same thing, right, right? right? So the problem is, is that in the world, when we talk about free, what the word freedom in the kingdom and the world don't mean the same thing. Mm -hmm. Any freedom that causes you to disobey God is actually bondage. It's actually bondage, right. Any freedom that causes you to disobey God, it is actually bondage. Mm -hmm. And the truth of it is, is that many of us, we have tried to go our own way and live in what we are going to call our own way of freedom, 
only to get beat with many stripes because the Bible says when you know to do and you don't do, you that's New Testament, that's not Old Testament, that you are beat with many stripes. So many of you are feeling increased pressure because it's not that you don't know. You're not a baby Christian. You're not a 17 year old who doesn't know. You're not a 25 year old who doesn't know. You are a 30, 40 heading into your 50 year old self who knows that what you are doing is wrong but because the world calls it freedom because we're out here talking about be yourself do what it feels like that do whatever you feel sis no in the kingdom say this in the kingdom we don't do whatever we feel yeah. Yeah. in the kingdom we do not do whatever we feel we do what pleases god because we want to live the rescue life well and i think what's so important is people to understand you know it's like you're going to be uh, subject to someone. Subject to someone. Come on. You are going to be subject to someone. Teach. And when we talk about being subject to someone, um, you can either be subject to the most benevolent being there has ever been, or you can be subject to someone lesser. <laughs> but you will be subject to someone. The you Bible says so. In Romans 6 and 16, uh, it actually says that. It tells us, it says, do you not know that when you continually Offer yourselves to someone to do his will, right? It says you are the slave of the one whom you obey, either a slave of sin, which leads to death, or a slave to obedience, which leads to righteousness or right standing with God. He says this idea that you are free, that you are the master of your faith, you are the captain of your own soul. He said that's, that's fallacy. It's garbage. He says it's just not true. You are going to be subject to someone. You get to choose who you're going to be subject to. You can be the subject to the one who you're obeying that, that causes you to live in sin, or you can be subject to the one who has the power to deliver you from sin. He says, but you will be subject to somebody, whoever you give your life to. And that's and what we have is a lot of people trying to give your life to both. But we know that the Bible tells us that I would that you be what? Hot or cold? Because if you are lukewarm, if you're in the middle, he says, I vomit you out of my mouth. And I keep saying this. That's New Testament. That, that is New Because Testament. there are people who keep trying to present a Jesus that does not have a standard. Right. And so for those of you who have thrown the Old Testament away, except when it's time to get blessed, right. and you now want to say that there there are no consequences for for your disobedience I want you to see what Jesus says in revelations he says listen I would rather you be hot or cold because if you lukewarm the truth of us most of us don't like anything no, lukewarm no. we don't like anything lukewarm and I love what you're saying here right here do you not know that when you continually so we're not talking about the one thing here, here's a good example when you continually offer yourself to cursing, you become a slave to sure. cursing. Sure. When you continually offer yourself to fornication, you become a slave to fornication. When you continually offer yourself to overeating, you become a slave to overeating. And I don't care how much you lift your hands and say you love Jesus. We know who your boss is by what you do. Mm -hmm. We know, and, and listen. And we all, please understand when we say this, we all choose to obey something or someone. Every we, moment of every, every day. moment we are choosing. And, we, and, and who we choose to obey determines the freedom or the bondage that we live in. And you know what? When Jesus told the, the Pharisees this, 
They got so ticked off at him. As mad as, John, as mad as the people who leaving the broadcast now. <laughs> they got so <laughs> mad at him. They got so mad they at did. him. That, and they said, we've never, this is so we've crazy. Never been we've bondage. never been in bondage to anybody. He like, duh, do you look at your own history? Like How many now? times? And then he says, and here is why you keep ending up in bondage. You kill the prophets. Mm -hmm. You kill the prophets. Now, the truth of it is, nobody's physically killing us. But what you do is you try to discredit us. You kill us. You try to kill our credibility. And I don't just mean Pastor Edwin and I. I mean all of these pastors who are standing and calling people to righteous living. You try to kill us. You kill us with the whisperings in the back rooms that you have about us. As you, you gather kill people us. together. As you gather and say it people, doesn't take all come that. On, you, don't have come to, on. you don't have to do all that. All that, all that praying and fasting. God loves us and you can do whatever you want to. God loves you. Lies. Lies from the pit of hell. It's just lies from the, lies. Pit, of just just from the lies. pit of hell. God and loves you, but He will not compromise His standard even for you. Even for you. And I want to say this to you: those of you who are operating in the spirit of witchcraft and rebellion, and not just at this church, not just at Fellowship of Champions, but you are gathering people in secret rooms. Mm -hmm. You are having secret conversations the with the intent to turn the people's heart from God. You don't even realize you're being used as a witch and as a warlock on behalf of the kingdom of darkness. Yep. But I want you to know you should repent because the consequences won't be pretty. Yep. And they're going to be public. Yeah. It won't be pretty and it will be public. Yeah. So would you. So whoever. <laughs> right. Whoever you bow to. Yeah. Whoever. And, and, and it's funny because when the Lord began to talk to me. And, and let me say this. What, this, this isn't a FOC word. It's not. Saying, it's not it's an FOC a universal word. word. If you go to it, if you happen to be watching this broadcast and you go to another church and you're doing things to disrupt what's happening in that church and they're trying to, to call people to a standard of living, but because you don't want to live at that standard, you're now trying to gather other people and get them to live at a lower standard and undermining authority. There's going to be correction. It's going to be it's going to be swift and it's going to be public. And you should repent and stop doing that now. You should repent and stop doing that now. And for those of you who have people whispering in your ear, I see this, even people who seem to sit in leadership, but when they get you by yourselves, mm -hmm. they say something different than the leadership. You need to close the door and stop letting them speak to you because they are leading you. The Bible tells us in the last days. I think it makes sense. No. Make it make sense. The Bible says that in the last days that men will be lovers of themselves and they will have itching ears. So you have to ask yourself why people keep feeling comfortable coming to you, speaking against mm -hmm. your leadership, speaking against the word of God. You need to ask yourself, what is it in you that this is, I'm, let me tell you something, we've been pastor for 21 years, let me tell you what I know. All the offended people go find each, other. find each other. All the whoremongers yeah. go find each, find each other. All of the drunks, all of the weed smokers, y'all go find each other. Why? Because your spirits attract like attracts like. And there is a warning of the Lord. In fact, go look it up. There's a scripture where Paul says that when you see people in the church who do this like that, it says, he says to, the, he's talking to one of the churches and he says, turn them over to the devil so that maybe they will, their soul will be saved. So literally, whenever God begins to talk to us like this, Pastor Ellen and I, we begin to intercede for the people. I was saying to my friend yesterday, I don't want nobody to get what they deserve.
Right. I want everybody to get what God has Amen. for you. I don't want anybody. <laughs> I, I, I don't care right? how you have talked about us. Yeah. I don't care how you have tried to manipulate. I don't care how you have done any of that. I don't want anybody to get what they deserve. Yes. But what you better know is I don't care how much God loves you. Thank you. Demetria found it for me. Can you pull that up for me? Um, um, Second Peter 3 and 9. I don't care. I'm telling you this as a mother of multiple children and you as a father of multiple children. When you watch your children mistreat your children, you stand up. Yeah. I don't care how much you love your kids. I don't care how much you love child A. When you watch child A manipulate and mistreat child B, good parents stand up mm -hmm. and God is a good parent. And that is why he's saying to us that many of you that are you you're engaged in and, and and I'm telling you this is not just a word for fellowship of champions this is a global kingdom word many of you you sit in rooms and you talk about what you think the leadership should be doing you don't have the foggiest clue about leadership you don't have and many of you you've even gathered in intercession not even realizing that what you're trying to do is cast with cast spells because you're literally trying to pull the leadership out of the assignment God gave them to go your own direction and I'm just telling you, it's not going to be pretty. There's your, your scripture. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance, which is to change. But it says the Lord withholds. He's patient with us. He's consistent with us because he wants us to change. Everybody say change. Change. He wants us to change. Amen. So whoever you serve, that is who is the Lord over you. It is. Amen. Amen. You got next. So one of the things we talked about all the time is that we don't want to be like the children of Israel. Yes. We don't want to live in these cycles of perpetual dysfunction, sin and distress, because we are ignorant of what we call the secret to turning captivity. We've said the secret is not a secret. It's what is not the, a secret. The, the, the way you turn captivity is by doing the opposite of what got you into captivity. Disobedience gets you into captivity, so you got to learn to obey, which brings you out of captivity. How do we obey God? We obey God because we we rely on Holy Spirit to give us the information that we need to obey. You look at Hosea 4 and 6. Hosea 4 and 6 says this. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because that has rejected knowledge. He said, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now this was important. I didn't want to say it when you first mentioned it, but I knew I wasn't going to forget it. So I held on to it. Okay. When you were talking earlier, you were saying that our obedience has been a blessing for others. Other people's obedience has been a blessing for others. But anytime we disobey Ooh, God, my God, anytime we disobey God, it hinders those who are attached to us. Anytime the people who are listening to us right now are disobeying God, it's, 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 it's doing something to the people attached to them. Well, we now see this in scripture. What does he say? He says, my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. knowledge. Not because the knowledge wasn't available, but because thou hast rejected, rejected when the knowledge came. That's it, right. it, it wasn't what you wanted to do. It wasn't what you wanted to hear. It wasn't the way you wanted to do it. He says, as a result of that, I will also now reject you. He said that you shall no more be a priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God. But then he pauses and he says, and I will also forget who? 
your children. He says, because of your disobedience, now your lineage is going to suffer. And I'm saying to other people, and we've been saying this for a few months now, listen, you need to be building a life of obedience, not just for you, but what it does for your lineage and everybody connected to you. And that makes sense because when I started talking about how we don't, many of us, we think we're living off of our own right choices. Right, right. And you don't even realize that you are where you are today because you had a praying mom, yeah. because you had a praying grandma, because you had a praying grandfather, an auntie, an uncle, somebody who covered you. And so you don't even realize that for whatever they may not have known, maybe they didn't know how to pray in tongues. Maybe they didn't know how to use a concordance, but they did know how to obey God and to keep their family covered in prayer. They had, so a, heart many, they had a heart for obeying God. So many of us are sitting here living lives now and we're feeling like, oh, I did this because I surrendered to God. No, no, no. You're living in the goodness of the prayers mm -hmm. that went before you, of the obedience who went before you. And many of you, you have more money than your parents ever had. Mm -hmm. You have more money than your grandparents ever had. But do you have more obedience? And maybe you're giving your kids things that you never got to have. But will your kids have a legacy of obedience? Will your kids, one of the things that really blesses me about my kids my kids are not perfect in any way, but this is something that they say that bless me, blesses me. My kids say, if I call them or if they're talking to me and they tell me they're about to go someplace and I say to them, do not go to that place, that they don't care how bad they wanted to go to that place. They are not going to that place because they have seen me live a life of prayer before the Lord. And they have seen how our prayers have blocked the enemy's hand against their lives and other people. You're, maybe you, maybe your, your kids got an 800 credit score, but do, can, do your kids believe you hear God? Mm. Do you live a life that your kids trust that you hear God, even when they don't want to hear what you're saying? Yeah. Amen. Amen. What page we on? I'm not on that page. No. <laughs> you got to say something because I got to catch up. You just done jumped all over. It's okay, though. So here's the thing. So one of the, judging me. <laughs> one of the things we were talking about is this idea of rejecting knowledge. Well, if you reject, to reject knowledge is to reject truth. Mm -hmm. Truth comes from God. Mm -hmm. truth, if the Holy Spirit said, so for instance, if you say, you know, I'm going to move to Seattle and Holy Spirit says, no, you don't go to Seattle. Well, the truth now becomes you're not, you don't, you don't belong in Seattle. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what the job offer was. It doesn't matter about any of that. Whatever Holy Spirit says become true. And truth is what allows you to live in freedom. It's why the Bible says in John 8, 32, it says, then you will know the truth. And what does the truth do? It will set or make you free, right? Well, how does truth make me free? Because whenever I'm living in the instruction of God, it becomes God's responsibility to make everything he said fall into line. That's good. It's like he said when we were talking about the whole issue with the covenant. He says that if I don't keep my covenant, he said, I'll cease being God. He said, but you can track my track. You can literally track my track record by looking outside. And every day you look up, is, is the sun up in the daytime? That's 
That's right. Is the moon up at night? Come on. He said, as long as that is operating, then you know my covenant still stands. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it may look like in the in the temporal world right now. If you can see the sun in the day and the moon at night, my covenant is still standing. So we want to make sure that we're walking in that truth. Why? Because the truth of the what, what truth does is truth gives us the doorway for freedom. We have to be willing to walk through that. That's day. good. You know, you say all the time, uh, it's a phrase you've said for years, and that is that you must participate in your own rescue. The way you participate in your own rescue is through obedience. Obedience allows you to, to walk through the portal. You know, we watch a lot of action movies and Marvel movies and those kind of things. And I was I, I was thinking about this when we were watching the last episode uh, of Loki, uh, when when the other Loki pushed the one Loki through the through the little doorway and then it closed. Well, that's that is literally what obedience will do for you. Obedience will take you from captivity into freedom. That's good. In the midst in the midst of a doorway. I can be disobeying God and find myself in captivity, cry out to God and, and make the decision to repent and turn from my ways. And literally the doorway opens. I walk through it. And now I used to be in bondage and now I'm free. This is so good. I think this is a really good stopping point right here that we can stop um, right here. But I was thinking about this as you were. I, first of all, I love that portal example. Right. Mm. Like, And many of us don't even realize that literally the thing is, is that she pushed him through and the door closed. Mm -hmm. Understand that your obedience will take you to a place where your enemies can't follow. Mm -hmm. Your enemy, the, the, your obedience yeah. will take you to a place. I remember several years ago, Bishop Vaughn, she said some of the warfare comes because you fly too low. Mm. She says it's because you're engaged with things like some of the injury you get by people you never should have been in fellowship Ooh, with wee. you never like the you mm. you got that wound because you was flying too mm. low if you hadn't been playing around with that disobedience they never would have got to cut you like that so you're telling me that if i obeyed god he'd have never broke my heart or she'd have never broke my heart no that's exactly what you i'm mean, telling if you if i had obeyed god and wasn't chasing the money i'd have never moved to another place and then he laid me off three months later that's exactly what i'm saying mm. no i'm saying i'm saying that literally your disobedience is causing you to encounter I, Oh my God. That's so good. You don't get scars through obedience. You get scars through disobedience. You get scars through disobedience. In fact, most of us know that. Yeah. Most of us have a scar on our knee because some adult told us to stop doing something Man. that we did not stop Man. doing. And we have a scar today. Many of the scars that you have, and this this is this is some of y'all can just get free right now. Some of the people you're offended by, you need to release them and repent yourself. Mm. Because in truth, they never would have had access to injure you if you had obeyed God. He could not have broken your heart. They could not have left you in that situation. They would not have mm. stolen your credit card. They could not have. Mm. If, you, if you had not been in a break room running your mouth, they couldn't have put your name in the stuff that got you fired. Mm. If you had been flying at the level you were supposed to be flying at, it never would have touched you because obedience would have closed the door behind you. You called to be an eagle, but you acting like a chicken. Like a straight chicken, mm. just, scratching just scratching in the dirt. The and and, and I sense this real strongly that some of you, Jesus. you need to ask God for the Joseph anointing, not the you prosper everywhere you go, but that you run away from sin, even if you have to leave your cloak. Mm. When Potiphar's wife tried to sleep with him, that man left his cloak. He was like, I, and then when they, he said, I can't, I love what he said. If you go look at it, he said, I can, he didn't say I can't do this to Potiphar. Right. He said, he didn't say I can't do this to you. He said, I can't do this to God. I cannot do this to God. You have got to begin to ask God to give you that Joseph anointing on 
on your life that you are like, there are some things I don't care how enticing, how wow. good they look, wow. how many people are going wow. with it. I can't do that wow. to God. Wow. I can't dis. It's it's not that I couldn't cuss you out, Pastor. Right. It's that I can't do that to, to God. God. It's not that I couldn't talk about you and tell how you've talked about me. It's that I can't do that to God. I love God too much. Mm. He's been too good, good to me. me. He's been too faithful to mm. me. He's been too consistent in my life. So I could come down to your level, but I can't do that to mm. God. There ought to just be times in your life where people get a pass just because of how much you love God. Mm. There ought to be things you don't touch, people you won't date. There, and I, I, there, there are people you right now, I sense this, My you goodness. need to do the forgiveness exercise for yourself. You think you're offended because you're with them. blaming other people. You're blaming them for situations you walked into. You walked into you, and, and not not you walked into blindly. Come on, you, you thought you knew more than God. You thought you knew more than you God. You thought you could handle it better. You thought you could figure it out because you were smarter. You saw other people get injured by certain people, but you figured you wouldn't get injured by them because you thought you were better or you thought you were special, and you disobeyed Holy Spirit. And all them scars and bruises you got, you 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 earned them. Because of your disobedience. Because you ran when he said walk. Mm. You stayed when he said So don't walk. don't be mad at the people who whooped you. They were going to whoop whoever was there. It's why God told you don't go. It's why God told you don't go. They was going to whoop whoever showed up. It's why God said don't go there. But you went and got whooped. Don't be mad at them. Repent and, and, and be self-aware and say, you know what? That's on me. I won't do that again. And the manipulation of the enemy is that he has you focused on them. Yeah. He has you focused. So you would on, do it again. So you would do it again. Absolutely. He has you focused on them and your focus on them. I, I've said this. To, this is the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, he reveals truth to us. You have never in your life, even as a heathen, you have never in your life met someone and the Holy Spirit did not give you an unction yes. about whether that person should be in your life because he just truth. And that don't just but belong most, to but a most people. Most people override that. Though. We override, override that because we want that. Or they respond uh, to everybody the same through their trauma. And they don't they don't they don't listen to what Holy Spirit says. But somehow you're overriding what he's saying because Holy Spirit can't lie. So whatever Holy Spirit says to you is true. Whatever Holy Spirit says to you. It's true. And this is so important because, you know, it's, I know y'all probably think we are. We about to go. I, we're not even going through the rest of our notes. I know some of y'all like, man, is Pastor them fussing at us today? Mm -mm. We not fussing. We just don't want to see you bail. We, we, we're, we're so saddened by the number of people we see continually walking through the same financial trauma. The it, You having the same bad relationship with a different person. We, we, we're so we're so saddened by that because we know that that is not the life that God has called you to. Well, and we've been in ministry. We've been passing for, for 21 years. And, and, and what we know is that there are there are certain things you can see and you can see certain things happening in the body 
And when in in and in some cases those things are secular. We've we've seen them before. We've seen them in years past, and they're happening again. And we're like, we know what's going to happen if they don't turn. We know what's going to happen if they don't stop. We know what's going to happen if they don't repent. Uh, and so while we want to grab you and shake you and make you do it, we can't. So all we can do is teach the word and pray for you and believe that your eyes will be flooded with light so that you can see, hear and understand what God has for you and that you will make the change before the enemy destroys you. And, and God loves you so much. But there are lots of people who God loves who live a miserable life. Well, God, because God loves us all. <laughs> because God loves, us, loves us all. God loves us all. And, and I really sense here, God wants to break some cycles in your life, but he needs your participation. And I encourage you to come back. We want, next week, we'll get into uh, these those five things that you, you, you were talking about that I, we put in our notes. I want to talk about those next week because I think it's important that people understand that, you know, um, the first one you was talking about, just the fact that God, we, we kind of alluded to it, that God is not going to change his instructions, no matter how much he loves us or how special we are to him or how special we think we are. He's just not going to do that. And so those nuggets that you have in there, we'll share those next week. And I just encourage people to come back. But this week, I encourage people to, to, to repent for any areas where you know you've been disobedient. I want people to do two things this week. I want you to ask God to show you your areas of disobedience and yeah. then make a conscious decision to change them. The other thing I want you to do, I, I got I have my mentors listen to my mentees listen to this message this week. And you need to understand this. I did I taught a series and I talked about how we have a prophetic destiny of flesh destiny and a demonic destiny. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that, right? But I was listening to this guy and I had my whole team listen to it. And he says, every person you meet is carrying prophetic influence. Mm -hmm. They are either going to push you into the will of God or they're going to push you into the plans of the devil because they both have a prophetic assignment mm -hmm. for you. The prophetic assignment of the enemy is to steal, kill, and destroy and bring destruction in your life in every area. Mm -hmm. The prophetic will of God is for you to live and to have life more abundantly. And so many of us, we need to be open to not, number one, asking God, what do I need to do in my own life? What doors do I need to close, right? But we also need to be asking God the people in my life, do I have them in the right place? Do I have the right people in my life? Am I taking counsel from the right people? Because if I, if my goal is to obey God, taking counsel from people who don't value obeying God. You know, my last story, when you and I were wanting to turn our marriage around, one of the things we did is we got rid of everybody in our life who didn't value marriage. Right. You didn't have to be married, but you had to value marriage. And if you didn't value marriage, you could not speak into our life. So we didn't talk to people in our family who didn't have good relationships because what's the point? They may be good people, but are they anointed to speak any wisdom? Or are they just going to tell you to do the same stupid stuff they've been doing, which is why their relationships don't work, right? So we want to ask God for help. What do I need to do in my own life? And number two, do I have the right people in my life? Am I taking counsel from the right people or am I taking counsel from people who no matter how good they seem, no matter how charismatic they seem and no matter how smart they seem, they are pulling me away from the will of God. And that's so important because we say it all the time and it's so incredibly true. Your environment is always 
working on you. Always. Your environment. And you have to be careful who you hang around. You have to be aware of who they are. You have to be aware of the nuances that they do. You mm. know, you're hanging around people and they got these little slight subtle things that they say that may seem a little off kilter to you. Be aware of that. Be aware of that because sometimes those people have a, pro a prophetic assignment to pull you away from your God-given assignment. Mm -hmm. And so your environment is always working on you, which is why you have to be careful because we know that a little leaven levieth the whole lump or a little yeast in the cake makes the whole entire cake rise. They don't have, you have to be careful about the little seeds that they're planting. So be careful uh, of those people who are coming and the things they are saying are contrary to the word of God. Don't be casual with that. Don't be casual. Don't with be that. casual with that. You know, I don't, you know, it's, it's funny, but you know, I don't, I literally, I don't let anybody talk about Pastor Tony to me. If you, whatever you got to say to think about, about Pastor Tony, or Pastor Anthony, if you say that at first, I cut you off immediately. I tell you I'm cutting you off. I tell you that if you feel that way about them, then that's fine. You have that right. But you and I can't have conversations about that. I don't let anybody put any negative influence in my life about them at all. If it's something I need to know that's negative, God will tell me. Holy Spirit will tell me. He's, he's, he's called me to them, so I know he's responsible for, for keeping me safe. So I don't let outside influences do that to me. I don't, but I don't let people talk to me about you. No, not, I mean, likewise. I mean, but I'm saying it's just, it's, it's not, we're not just talking about I don't let people talk to me about my assignment. Yep. I don't let people talk to me. But once you know the word of God, you can confer, confer no, no longer, longer with flesh and blood. blood. Everybody say that because we can wrap it up on this one right here. Once you know the will of God, when you have, once, heard, when from you God, have heard from God, confer no, no longer, longer with flesh and blood. The Lord told me, you and I, we have a covenant. We're supposed to be married. I don't entertain people who would speak contrary. He told me who my spiritual parents are. I don't entertain when people are like, well, you sure that's your spiritual mom? You can go on with that devil doctrine because that's what that is. Because understand. Well, you know, that you went and hooked up with someone so they could take your ministry further. I don't want my ministry to go any further than where God would have it to go. And I know where God's called me. And that's where I'm going to be until he says something different. I want to expose the strategy of the enemy. He starts with a question. Mm -hmm. He got Eve off with a question. Yep. He he don't just come in the door and be like, don't trust your husband. He say, can you really trust him? Mm -hmm. He comes with questions and you better be real careful about people in your life. And riches and warlocks. And, and, and some of them don't even questions. know they being used by the enemy. They just don't have no restraint in their own mouth and they don't listen to the Holy Spirit. They don't even know they being used by the enemy. It doesn't make any mess of a witch or a warlock. Amen, Pastor. Amen. 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 It make you any less of a witch or a warlock because you don't know it. You know, so listen, I want you. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. I don't want to end on that right there. I don't want to end on that. I want to say this. I got a good friend on here, Demetria Edwards. Demetria Edwards and I, we went to law school together. And the truth of it is, is that, you know, we didn't necessarily get along real well in law school because she had come from an HBCU. And we, so that's a conversation that I would wait till she was online to talk about that we had some issues, right? <laughs> she but she laughing. <laughs> but, at, but at some point, the thing that ties Demetria and I together is that we both deeply love God. We both deeply love God. And there have been things over the course of our 20-year friendship that we have not always seen God in the same way. We have not always seen the scripture in the same way, but the level of integrity that we operate with each other towards, we're not out having conversations with other people about it. Right. When we get to an impasse, we get on the phone with each right. other. She like, sis, now walk me through. 
I'm like, um, come on, Demetria, walk me through. And we do what the Bible says. We come and reason together, but we come with a heart to honor each other. And we always respect the God in each other. I, res I respect the evil when we don't agree. I know she loves God, but you can't do that with people you don't know love God. You, you can't do that. And so once you know the will of God, you got to close the door to people who are half in, half out with God. People who telling you it's, it's still okay to get drunk. It's just stupid stuff. You too. Oh, and first of all, I want to say this, whether you saved or not, you 40, 50 years old, still getting drunk. You just silly. You need to grow up. That's stuff for kids. You're, you can't even recover the same day. It's still, it taking you three days to recover because you still out at the club trying to turn up and don't take sand to the beach. Take your wife to the beach. That's what I'm talking about you now. No, I'm just joking. Take me to the beach, but so your, your ending was better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, no, no. But what, right. I, what I'm saying is, okay. is that there? No, I'm saying beach. Watch me clean it up. Go ahead. Watch me clean okay. it up. What I've been saying. That was a plug for you to take me to the beach, okay. though. But no. Well, what what I'm saying to you is that you have to have relationships with people who are committed to God, like you're committed to mm -hmm. God. That even when you and I, we don't always agree, Demetri and I don't always agree, but what we are all committed to is we go walk with God. That's right. And that when you have relationships like that, then what will happen is you will grow in God as opposed to being pulled away from God. So when you find people in your life and they don't love God like that, they're not committed to the Lord like that, you need to separate from them. That's a great ending. It's your opportunity to give. It's your opportunity to give. Don't forget about the scholarship fund. We were at 45, 725. Let's get that other 4,000 plus dollars, whatever that is. <laughs> let's just get that done today. I think we can do that today, guys. Come on, let's do that. I want you to ask the Lord what you could give that we, if, if, if everybody just give whatever the Lord put in their heart, we'll have it today. I believe we will have it today. I believe we will. We will have it today. I believe we will. And there are multiple, I want to show my shirt. There, there are multiple ways you can it's give. say heavy on obedience. Heavy on obedience. Mine says, my bet is on me. This is a shirt that April Marlowe is doing. Uh, if you haven't been to her page, you ought to go get you one because you ought to be able to bet on you, especially if you are in Christ. And heavy on the obedience came from Kristen Valley, and you ought to go get you one of these shirts. And some of you probably need to wear it and sleep in it. You probably need to get your four or five of them just sleep in it. Get you a weighted blanket. Get you a weighted blanket that says heavy on the obedience, right? All right. Yeah. So, so multiple ways to give. You can give through Givelify, which is a wonderful way. It's one of my favorite ways to give. And then you can give through PushPay or Tidally. Uh, text to give. Uh, PayPal at FOC Church, NWA at gmail.com. Listen, those of you, and I got someone who, who emailed me, and I'm glad when they get, they was trying to give to the scholarship fund, but they didn't select uh, the fund. On each of those, you can select the fund. So make sure if you're giving and you're giving to the scholarship fund that you take the take the opportunity and actually change the fund from like tithe and offerings or something like that. Change it to scholarship. That way we know it goes directly. Someone called me and, and I got I was able to get it corrected because they realized they did it and called me immediately. So please, See, please, Michael please. Said, huh? Mike said he getting that blanket. He want to get that he heavy on the obedience. Get your blanket. Heavy get on the obedience. Blanket, right. Listen, 
If those of you, if you want to rededicate your life today, you can put it in the comments. You can send us a message. Listen, if we've been saying for months, come home, come home, come home. Don't be like the prodigal son just out here living in kind of way. Come home. Yeah. See, people say, Chris, you better find out how to get these Girl, people get you a weighted, weighted, weighted blanket. Weighted, people love they, weighted blankets. They love weighted blankets. And, a weighted, and if it says heavy on the obedience. Heavy on the obedience. So yeah. when you wrap up in that blanket at night, you just be like, this is your reminder to be obeying God. But put that blanket on. And that way, when you get that late night call, it's so heavy, you can't even get up. <laughs> you know we extra funny today because you were so last week. Right? I know, right? Right, right. All right. In we, Miami. In, in Miami. I'm, I I want to say this for everybody. I am not shady that Pastor Edward took a trip with his friend. I am not shady that he went to Miami. That well, I'm not shady that he was with his friends. I am shady. That I did not recognize how beautiful Miami was going you. to be. Because if that was the case, me and the girls, we would have went to Miami and been on the other side of it at the spas <laughs> and stuff like that. So until Pastor Edwin take me to the beach, because he's not taking me to the beach this year, you guys can look forward to, you know, a couple little digs, a little poke, <laughs> because I'm like, um, I'm, 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 I'm feeling some kind of way about how pretty it was. Not that you were with your friends, <laughs> but that I missed that. So y'all tell the pastor to take me it to the It doesn't help that we keep talking about how great it was, right? It doesn't <laughs> help that every day y'all talk about how great it was. So could y'all just pray that the pastor would take me to the beach? So I actually want to go to Miami. I want to go. That's where I want to go. I don't want to go. April said, her to all the wives. We want to go to Miami. <laughs> We don't care if y'all go or not. We just want to go. So could y'all pray? And I believe that all of the wives on this broadcast who are believing that their husband go take them somewhere, that their husband would be stared by the goodness <laughs> of the Lord and that he would say, boo, I just love you so much because you've been such a good wow. wife and you've been so faithful <laughs> to me and you have helped me with my life and raised my kids and got stretch marks for it and I want to celebrate you by taking you to the beach. Wow, you got all the people to say a Alright, listen. We love y'all and we about to get out of here. And because we done went 90 minutes in the last 10 of it, we was just playing and we and we was not we was playing a lot. So all right, we love y'all. Have a great day. Give your life to the Lord. Give your tithes and offering. Um, do give to the scholarship fund. Scholarship and, recipients, reach out to me. Give me your information so I can get your check ready by August 2nd. And so, and um yes, and we love y'all and have a great day. And this was amazing. And y'all are the best. And take me to the beach. You're right. <laughs> Bye-bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Have a great week.